you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up, everybody? Before you get to your episode, it's DJ and Bucky with Move the Sticks. Bucky, what's on our latest episode? Well, we're going to talk about your mock draft, but I'm really excited to talk about this pairing we have. 90s R&B with the top prospects in the draft, how we match them up. You need to tune in and listen. Worlds are colliding, Jerry. Check it out. Move the six. iTunes, NFL.com slash podcast, as well as YouTube. David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program presented by McDonald's. Go get you some, whether it's breakfast, a lunch, a dinner, or a combo of all three. That's up to you to decide. I didn't think about it. Did they have the Shamrock Shake? Did we miss that window there or Juno behind the glass? We don't have time to have your answer here (laughs) because Mark Sessler sitting right next to me and Derrick Henry, the Heisman Trophy winner, don't you know, is joining us as well. But first, we started off like we always do. No huddle style, fast action. Mark Sessler, lay it on me. Some questions for you, starting off with this one. Colin Kaepernick's contract is now Fully guaranteed by the 49ers. Kaepernick will be under center for which team in September? I have gone with the 49ers from the start. I'm going to stick with that. I think, I'm think i not sure he starts over Blaine Gabbard. He'll be on the 49ers. I say draft day trade once the Rams get the lay of the land. If Jared Goff or Carson Wentz happens to slide to the Rams, then they will take him. If not, they'll pull the trigger and see if the uh, if the Niners are willing to bite on that, and they will make a draft day deal to make Kaepernick. Inside the division. Listen, this is a team that has already vetted Peyton Manning and they had at least conversation about RG3 per Mike Shanahan. So you know that they want a little bit of a splash at uh, at the signal caller position. So don't assume that just because the Case Keenum has been announced as the starter <laughs> that he will remain that. Yeah. The Broncos starting QB in September will be? I think it's going to be a draft pick. And may, let's go maybe Paxton Lynch. 
I don't think that they obviously are not going to sit tight with Mark Sanchez. And, in le- and they haven't made a push for Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I thought would make some sense with what else you have on that roster. So draft day, they pick someone up. It's going to be Paxton Lynch. It's a hard right turn for this uh, for for Colin Kaepernick or Paxton Lynch or one of those types. If you're a creature of habit and you look and say, as uh, as the defending champions, how did we win in 2015? We did it with a relatively steady hand, undynamic guy. Ryan Fitzpatrick's the right answer. He'll be the starter, and if he doesn't somehow wind up in Denver, then it will be Mark Sanchez and perhaps Paxton Lynch later in the year, one of those other kids. Connor Cook, don't sleep on him either. I think Connor Cook makes more sense than Paxton Lynch does um, for a team that's uh, ready for the playoffs, built to win right now. The uh, the uh, Apparently, LT said that J.J. Watt is, called him one of the great defensive players of all time, a generational talent, Hall of Famer and all that. Who's the best defensive player you've ever seen, Mark Sessler? Oh, I mean, I have to go Lawrence Taylor. I'll tell you, I grew up watching the Giants back when your only option was where I lived, the Jets and Giants, and LT week after week. I, I knew nothing about football, so I thought every team must have a guy like this, and there's been no one since, LT. I Nobody. encourage you, nay, demand you go on YouTube, kids. If you don't know what LT looks like when he's in uh, at full speed, you really do have to watch and see and recognize that there was nothing like him before. We hear a lot. Vanavel's never seen anything like it. When LT made the scene, it really was stunning. Wait, that's a linebacker? I don't understand. What's going on? The linebacker's the pass rusher? Yeah, I never – and it always was like this guy will change an entire team, and I always thought that has to be an offensive player, and he's the first guy that made me see, wait, a defensive player can completely guide a team into the playoffs, and he did it. Our pal Kara Mead in the sales department whipped up a dessert for you. At, well, for us, and uh, I'm going to pass and pass it along to you as my guest. It's a lemon blueberry cake. Mark Sessler, what's the best dessert? I'm not a dessert guy, but for me, uh, I like – I don't like people well, like that. Well, listen, I go back to my childhood days when you – you ever heard of Friendlies? You know Friendlies? Sure. The, that ice cream, upside down ice cream cone that they turn into a clown's head? Yeah. It is eerie, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> That's a strong answer. I like that one. For my money, the correct answer is flourless chocolate cake. That's universally so. Now, if you go to certain restaurants in Los Angeles, as a, for instance, there's a place they make a, a salted butterscotch boudin. Now, a boudin <laughs> is a fancy word for pudding, but the salted caramel beats the band. All right, so welcome to the uh, to the DDFP and welcome to one of the scribes from around the NFL, one of our favorite fellas here at NFL Media, Mark Sessler. Follow him at Mark Sessler NFL. You still haven't changed it after all these years. I've asked I don't you. think I can change it, can I? Sure, you can erase the NFL. You're your own man. Well, you Stand know, on me. your own two feet. Plenty of people. Uh, Colleen Wolf, our friend Colleen Wolf, has NFL at the end of, of her moniker, and I don't people hear people calling her Fancy Pants. That was my nickname that you gave me, and, it, you know, I think I'm going to stick with this thing. All right. Well, listen, either way, a breakout star on the breakout hit called the Around the NFL podcast. Check it out thrice weekly. Hanzoos, Rosenthal, Wessling, and Sessler chopping it up and, of course, making their pages seven days a week for you. All the breaking pro football news always delivered with their their, uh, uh, special brand of mirth. You know, I was trying to think of a better way, but may as well just lean on the classic the way I've always described it there. Um, Mark Sessler, also our resident Cleveland Browns fan, and it's sort of sad for him. My heart goes out to him. 
And I, even though, you know, I grew up in Pittsburgh and root for the for the other team in the division there. And you just put out your list. I'm trying to think of where we should start off here before we get to Derrick Henry. I've already spoken with him, I should let you know. And he was delightful. I mean, we've had, we've had some run here, Arjuna, behind the glass. It's Arjuna's last day, so my heart is mm. heavy. But Arjuna, in your final days here at NFL Media, you we have experienced together a lot of uh, these guys that are going to be stars in pro football in the coming years. Eh? We've done a lot of interviews. The last Who's your few favorite uh, of the college guys? Yeah, Shaq Lawson. Yeah, he was Shaq Lawson fun. was really was really good. Derrick Henry, though, also a fun guy. I asked him, and now I ask you, Mark Sessler, were they, or you know, let's say, you know, a half a century from now, your deeds have been so great on the on the big blue marble that. It's decided before you check out, we must make a trophy or a statue of this guy. What's the Mark Sessler pose? So the trophy would look like this. I think. I mean, I, I think it's got to be probably me sitting at a keyboard, which is highly dull, not an interesting thing to look at. But I don't. There aren't a lot of other things that I do right now. Hmm. I mean, it could be me in a car driving somewhere, or you know, making dinner for my kids. But what? That everyone does that. I mean, it just. It's the typing. It's the stories. I don't know why a trophy would be made for anything that I've accomplished up to this point. But that would be my answer. Arjuna, you want to take a crack? I don't know. I have no idea. Probably <laughs> a humble just, man. He's just, a humble just man. Just me with scratching my head confused. What about you? <laughs> exactly. I'll give it some thought. I'll I'll, uh, I'll have to meditate on that one before I give my final answer. How about I do, you in a meditation? Because this is, I mean, it's hypothetical, obviously, in 2016, but I do assume at some point out in front of NFL media, an homage to Damashek will stand for all of time. I mean, barring some great injustice, that statue, whatever it is, whatever kind of honor they would have 20, 30 years from now, it must be built or it's a great injustice. Thank you. Um, I also have been considering, um, you know, everybody wants to attend their own funeral, as they say. What They just did a great thing. I don't know if you saw the video. Some Irish fellas, a guy uh, died, and so his chums all went to a pub, and they sang Mr. Brightside by the Killers, this being apparently the defining song of this guy's life. And I assume it says something about who he was and his perspective hmm. on life. What is the song Mark Sessler will be, have played uh, by his? What if, if if you check out by the, you know, at the end of this podcast, you drop <laughs> dead from boredom or otherwise, what should we go? First of all, my guess is that you want us to go to the bar down the street here. Uh, I pick a bar up motor called Irish Times. Okay. All right. I'm, First I'm bar I went to it. in L.A. Yeah, I mean, uh, the song, that is a great question. The first thing that popped in my head, and I know that you and I clash. Uh, Dan and I seem to be into music that you find uh, repulsive on many levels, but I would go... Not repulsive, well, just, just vanilla. If, all right. I mean, it, whatever the word you want to choose. I, I think I'm going to go Bittersweet Symphony. I don't have an issue with that song. I'll tell you why, though, because this is, you know, jukeboxes now. They're all electronic. The old ones are, are fading quickly. If you can find a pub with a, with that kind of a jukebox, you got to stick. But I used to go in uh, with friends, and we would play bitter, which is a long song, like what six something minutes. We'd play it seventeen times in a row. And so for the first time, everyone's all right. That's on. then the second time, people that are in lost in conversation are kind of noticing. Wait, this has been playing for a really long time. And then by the time you get to three or four, the bartender usually steps in and deep six is the whole thing. It's subtly kind of down-tempo, and I think that would wear on you in its fourth and eighth playing. <laughs> yes. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You might walk into traffic at some yeah. point. 
Um, all right, let's talk about the Browns. Let's go through what Mark Sessler thinks would be the ideal draft. And you can name names specifically. And by the way, on NFL.com, up right now are my annual bold predictions called reckless speculations or speculations. I don't like the speculations. It tries a little too hard. You know, I'm, I'm vain enough that if you work my name into something, I'm cool with it. Did you not? You did not come up with that? Speculations? I don't know. It's one or four steps too many. Right? It tries a little <laughs> too hard. I, like I feel. It. All right. Either way, I speculate that the Browns are going to make a savvy draft move and not take a QB at number two and instead wait and take Cardell Jones, the in-state product. I can see Hugh fancying, you know, he's a, I mean, le- uh, legitimately, one thing we've learned is that the, that these people that work in football are human beings and they watch TV and they're aware of the same uh, stimuli that we are. And I could see Hugh Jackson on a Saturday prepping in the in the film room with the Bengals <laughs> the last couple of years. Oh, Cardell Jones. I, I could do something with this guy. That guy that guy's yeah. got a rifle. Or Christian Hackenberg or Connor Cook or somebody else. And instead, do the right thing and take the best player available. Don't draft for a need. You have needs everywhere if you're the Cleveland Browns. How say you? I think that is, you know, Connor Orr, one of our writers, wrote a piece echoing that, that he feels that until you're a team, like when the Seahawks got lucky, you know, they get lucky, but Russell Wilson fit in perfectly to a playoff-ready team. Cleveland is so far away that picking a quarterback, you almost have to sit him for a year. And I do really feel that Hugh Jackson sees something in RG3. I don't see that more as, let's see how that goes for one season. Not for that dollar. Not for that dollar. I don't know. I, I just think Cleveland... If they really want to build a team, there's so many different ways to go that you can't ignore the best player. But any Browns fan who's been around the block will remember when we took that supreme talent, Kellen Winslow, and Big Ben played at Miami of Ohio of all places, not far from Cleveland. That's why it's the reckoning here, don't you see? Now they can make it right by taking the in-state stud, Cardell Jones. Well, it... I, I think if you're Hugh Jackson, you think if I if I took Joe Flacco, who was a small school guy, helped develop him. I took Andy Dalton, who everyone thought was broken. I helped him milk the best season of his career out of him. That I could do that with the fourth best quarterback in the draft or the third. And they had the number 32 picks. So I hear what you're saying. If there is the next, you know, Deion Sanders sitting out there, do you really pass that up for yet another quarterback that probably wouldn't have been the number one quarterback in other drafts? Step back and think about this, Cleveland football fans. Do you really want, with RG3, now listen, do I think he is going to return to the form that we saw in his rookie year? Probably not, although I do think that they should modify their expectations to – RG3 not being a guy who's around 10 years from now, they need to, I will keep saying this over and over again, if you're the Titans with Mariota, if whoever lands Kaepernick, whoever had Vic 10 years ago, the right thing to do with a guy is play to his chief virtues and how dangerous they can be. In other words, cut him loose, Hugh. You got to let RG3 run around to try and change his his nature is a weird move. You can't possibly bring in RG3 and then say, now here's what you got. You got to stay right in the pocket here. Right. I think that's what you do with him. Well, and I think that they're lucky that it's Hugh Jackson who's the coach and not when it was Pat Shermer who every player will fit into my milk toast, you know, West Coast passing game. Hugh Jackson, and it was, it was Mike Shanahan who came out yesterday on a radio interview and said that he said the same exact thing to RG3. 
You will struggle if you think that you're going to be a pocket passer. Use your gifts, and any team that hires you that brings you on needs to go read option. They need to go with you. Ah, is that right? I yeah. completely missed that. No, but you're so you're absolutely spot on, and it, it's it's it's. I think with Hugh Jackson, he's creative enough and open minded enough to use him that way. I still don't believe that RG three is an answer. I mean, I you've got to bring keep getting new quarterbacks to compete, and it's not. Austin Davis, and it's not Josh McCown. Well, but Josh McCown is still there. They don't have a need to trade him if you do, as I say. And by the way, now, like you say, a a generation ago now, Roethlisberger drafted out of Ohio by Pittsburgh. Maybe the move is Christian Hackenberg, the Pennsylvania kid, going over. I don't know where he's from. That's interesting. He he matriculated, at least, within the state of Pennsylvania. Now Hugh can return the favor 12 years later. Does it scare you at all that Hugh Jackson is the coach versus – you know, the laundry list of no names that have come through Cleveland where Pittsburgh fans just know it's not just two wins a season. It's just a matter of how badly we wipe this team out on the field. I won't be a prisoner of the moment and fear Hugh Jackson for his past deeds because we have heard this story many times. I hate to recall what happened about two years ago, not even, but you and I sat in Radio City Music Hall, and I <laughs> shot a little video of Mark Sessler the moment Johnny Football was drafted. Yeah, we've we've fallen prey to, to the hope before. Yeah, we way. have, and I, that video haunts me to this day. I believe that has thousands of views. It's a Dan Hansis YouTube upload uh, where you asked me, you said it was basically Christmas Day and what would happen next, and I was completely awash in the moment. I had no idea that it was simply the first seeds of one of the worst narratives ever to befall Cleveland. How would I know? I was a complete naive. What do you think will be with Johnny Football? Well, I, you know, I, that's hard to tell. I mean, I, he, well, sure. he has to absolutely show at some point to coaches somewhere that it's not just the physical gifts, but that football, like to the other 31 quarterbacks that hope to start in the NFL, is a 24-7 operation. I don't think, you know, everyone likes to say, oh, well, you know, Joe Namath and Kenny Stabler, they were able to play on the field after 22 beers in their system, but that was a long time ago in a different world, and, and there aren't quarterbacks operating that way. I think he lost the trust of an organization, so what organization wants to trust him? That's what it's going to come back to. I, I'm glad you mentioned that, because I'm not trying to be glib about the guys who enjoy a belt or two, but guess what? Remember when Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl and uh, what he said immediately after he talked about after he promoted his yeah. pizza chain, he was going to go and <laughs> he was going to go and get drunk. And you know, and I know that's post game, but still, as you mentioned, pro sports is littered with great tales of, you know, Max McGee throwing on a twister the night of the Super Bowl <laughs> and then being told, "Hey, boy, Dowler's not playing. You got to go for us, Max McGee." And he goes out and catches touchdown passes. Yeah. I'm not being cavalier if, if Johnny Football has a real issue that needs uh, needs to be taken care of, but it's not like you have to close the book on him. The thing for him is, though, there's not much track record for missing an entire season and then coming back and returning to the form that you were supposed to achieve. So 20, 2016 looms large, whether people recognize that or not. Like, ah, he needs a year to go get his life together, and then he can come back. There's not a lot of history of guys doing that. No. I think he winds up on somebody's roster before. I think he will, but the other you know, footnote with Johnny Manziel is, oh, by the way, when he was playing – there were all sorts of aspects to his game that were subpar. Sure, right. That's not the faster issue. than your average, you know, quick defensive end on, on in some cases. So 
you know, it's not – you've got to – is he going to use this year to develop his gifts? Uh, it's hard if you're not on a team, number one, and when you're not focused. So it's a complete wild card. There's no bigger wild card player – non-player in the league. Your thoughts on, uh, let's go to Hugh's old team, your thoughts on uh, what I speculated, the Bengals. Now everybody gets very upset, you know, and by the way, it's March, everybody, or maybe it's early April (laughs) when you're listening to this. Either way, uh, you know, Potbelly Damashek sitting here in, in spring before the draft and before the completion of free agency and announcing who I think the six seeds in the two conferences does not mean that that's the way it's you get the, the people get very crazy there's a guy I mean the comment section if you go to NFL.com and find my bold predictions there I mean I, it's one of my favorite uh things to do and people think I'm crazy do you like Sessler to go into comment sections and see what people say well a lot of times they catch errors in our stories so I like that aspect of it I once had someone after something I wrote, which was a rather mundane news report, someone wrote, you are dumb and your children are dumb. <laughs> I mean, okay. So, yeah, I'll go take a look occasionally because I thought, you know, that got spicy. Let's see what else they can bring. Yeah, I, I enjoy it uh, immensely seeing what people say, how outraged. There was one guy in particular in uh, today's batch who his entire Facebook page is devoted to uh, to sort of religious sorts of uh, uh, comments about, like, Buddha wasn't a Buddhist and Jesus wasn't a Christian. They were teachers, and they were teaching love, and that's something we all need to do. And then the guy announces, you need to be fired because this is such <laughs> right. this is such garbage that you've written on this page. Like I said, well, you're really abiding by your peace and love message yeah, because I, I don't think your football team is going to be as good as another football team. He's got, you know, he's got the perspective thing all. He's got that all down. <laughs> but my contention is because, again, only six teams make it per conference, you understand, everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not – I guess it is a shot at your team if they've been in the playoffs for the last many years. But I think the Bengals are due for a little bit of regression, in part because I think the Ravens, like uh, they're they're the AFC's version of the Dallas Cowboys, both teams will treat 2015 like a mulligan. I forget. Well, that well we got uh, that was screwy what happened to us. So let's just forget that whole thing and start fresh. Yeah, I mean in the AFC North typically sends two teams to the playoffs. Occasionally, very rarely, it's been three. But it, it, you would think that the Bengals at some point after this long streak of going uh, would be the odd man out at some point. And the, and the Ravens, I couldn't agree more. Our, on our podcast, we said the same thing, that if there's a team that we couldn't be less concerned about what happened last season, it is Baltimore. They're, they're top three, along with Pittsburgh and maybe New England, the most consistent franchises in the league. There's zero panic. There's nothing that's changed there on the fact that their quarterback and other players are healthy. It wasn't just Flacco. They lost players all over the field. It was one of those doomed years where you knew by week five, this ain't happening. You got to go do something else with your Sundays if you live in Baltimore. And I, I, I enjoyed every bit of it as a Browns fan, but I know that it's all going to come back around. And yeah, Cincinnati, I mean, they benefited last year by really two bad teams in the AFC North, where it's usually just Cleveland. It's interesting, too, that because of their lousy year, not unlike Ott 4 when Pittsburgh had a rare 6-10, and 10, that they benefited by drafting Roethlisberger mm. there. The Ravens at 5, if the teams, if teams like the Browns who have screwed up plenty of drafts previously screw this one up, the, the Ravens are going to get Miles Jack or Jalen yeah. Ramsey or possibly Laramie Tunsil, the three guys that are that are hailed as the three can't miss guys 
of the draft. One of those three guys is likely to drop to them because of quarterback needs and, you know, reaches to get one of those oh, yeah. QBs, I think. Yeah, you I, I you know, I think the way it plays out, Cleveland's gonna swing at one of the two quarterbacks and there's a very historically just life in general, there's a large chance they completely whiff on that quarterback because a lot of first-round quarterbacks just simply don't live up to the billing, which leaves Ozzie Newsom, who is perhaps the best general manager you know, of our lifetime, or I, of my football fandom at least, to sit there. Boy, that's he, strong stuff, and it's hard to disagree with. It, he, because he's the guy that, oh, we're always picking from 25 to 32, and we continually hit on these guys, and we hit guys – you know, in later rounds, we got comp picks coming in left and right. Every year, the Ravens have 23 comp picks, it seems like. So if you suddenly put them at number five, yep, they're going to draft, like, the evolutionary version of Ed Reed, and he's going to haunt the AFC North. What if the they get Jalen Ramsey to put it. alongside Eric Weddle? All right. of a sudden, their deficiency is the secondary. Now it's a strength. I couldn't agree more. I mean, Not happy that, about that's it. something that we at least can both be very anxious and agitated by. The prospect Maybe Zeke Elliott will be there for oh, them. Or? It's someone that's going to terrorize our falls for many to come. What do you feel about uh, my prediction that the Bengals do not make the postseason this year? And the logic goes like this. this uh, everybody feels like in, in Cincinnati, Bengals fans, Bengals players that I've bounced off of, you know, just looking at local media, there's a weird sort of calm about that about going into 2016 that is owed to Andy Dalton's thumb injury. You know, that it's sort of like, like I said, Mulligan before, well, can't judge anything based on what happened coming down the stretch there because Andy Dalton was out, and so that doesn't really – that's not a strike against Marv's era here because mm, right. he might be – all right, he's 0-7 in the postseason, everybody. And I understand that consistency is good, but that kind of consistency is ultimately middle of the road or just a tick above. Never winning postseason games. The assumption that Andy Dalton, because he played well in September and October, equaled a different Andy Dalton, and that would reveal itself come January, is specious at best in my book. I wouldn't be surprised... By the way, we've also found out that he's emotionally fragile. And I don't want to make too <laughs> yeah. big a deal about the J.J. Watt BB gun thing. Sure. But you know you can get in his head now a little bit. Do you think a guy like that is interested in hearing on local radio, hey, A.J. McCarron, why don't we get – oh, right. Dalton threw two picks. Let's give uh, McCarron a, a shot here. And, by the way, Hugh Jackson isn't there anymore. Yeah, I think – And he's going to play – he's going to have to play him twice. Hugh yeah. Jackson is going to know how to – try and quell Andy Dalton's virtues. Yeah, and vice versa, they will know Hugh Jackson. But, I, yeah. I, you know, a year ago, A.G. McCarron was – it was kind of ridiculous to suggest that they would just replace Andy Dalton with A.G. McCarron sight unseen. Now we look at A.G. McCarron and say – Hmm, interesting. He's kind of a gritty, young signal caller. And if Andy Dalton goes back to what we saw two, three seasons ago from him, there's going to be a lot of interest. I am with you in that it's not that I don't think Cincinnati's – they're very talented from top to bottom, but just the way that the NFL works year to year, the idea that you're going to go back into the playoffs, that Steelers loss, that was the game that they needed to go in and just thump Pittsburgh and take care of business – kill all the ghosts, get the monkey off the back, and move forward. Lose the next game, that's fine, but you needed to get check that box. And when they didn't do it, I think it was their last chance. Well, conversely, I said going into that game that it had the feel of one of those postseasons down Levy and Bell and, you know, the Patriots looming and, and so on. I figured the Steelers 
don't have a Super Bowl trip. By the end of it, I kind of felt like, you know what? I don't think the Patriots are going to be able to handle Martavis Bryant and Antonio Brown. Of course, they'll never have to worry about that in all likelihood ever year. again. But either way, I did declare this is one of those Januaries. I don't, a Super Bowl would be nice, all that kind of stuff. But just beat the Bengals. Remind them who <laughs> is boss, and then I don't care. Then I don't. Then Peyton can whip them, or Brady, or whoever can I mean, take care of them. Pittsburgh, I think. Devontae's perfect running off the field oh. two, a minute and a half or two minutes to go is in my darkest hours for the next 40 or 50 years before they erect that statue out in front of NFL. Anytime I'm down, I'm just going to run that video you laugh and laugh. <laughs> that game, and I spoke about Irish Times, the, the tavern up the street. I happened to watch it there, and there was a – you don't see big collections of Bengals fans places. Steelers fans, anywhere I've lived, there are Steelers fans. Bengals fans, not so much, but that bar was packed with them. Hmm. And the emotional roller coaster, it was just sit back and observe what was happening in that room, and I could not help but feel for them. I mean, that was a heartbreaking loss, but it was also, I think, in his top three most entertaining game of the entire year. I've said before, and I stand by this, the further away we get from it, it still is true. Weirdest game ever. <laughs> Weirdest very game. very strange. I mean, you've got a coach. Heath Butler handled the hair of Reggie Nelson. That was weird. <laughs> Uh, the right. Bengals came out. Joey Porter came out onto the field. There, people were pelting Ben Roethlisberger with bottles. I mean, you knew five minutes into that game that we were going to get something funky, and it played out deep into the night. The aforementioned Martavis Bryant caught the ball with his bummer, with his thighs <laughs> or something like that, and then Vontez Perfect ran off the field with a minute and a half to go to celebrate in the bowels of the stadium with eight of his teammates, and then they lost the game. It's it, all it's all hysterical <laughs> to me. Anyway, go and check out the uh, the bold predictions. They'll upset you as they have uh, many people in sure. Cincinnati, whereas people in Dallas are feeling happy because I have asserted number one seed. When they draft Zeke Elliott, that offense is going to be a juggernaut if they make the smart play there. I, I like that. I mean, that's sort of what was – you know, McFadden surprised me. I did not – I thought that was going to be one of those things that did not pan out after months of offseason tropes and hype. And, you know, he, he had – endless 100-yard games. I like the Alf Morris sign. I think Alfred Morris. I think it's a good one, too. Yeah. And, in fact, I wanted to mention that uh, at, at uh, NFL.com you can also find the under-the-radar free agent signings that are strong per Mark Sessler. He's listed eight of them. I don't want to reveal them all here because that's what you that's oh, you've what you got to tease. You've got to get to that well, article. You tease them, you see. But Alfred <laughs> Morris does show up on this one, as does Chris Long. I, that's the one that bothers me. I just think if it were anywhere else, he wouldn't be on that list. Bill Belichick and the Patriots, I mean, they could gather, you know, 53 middle schoolers and go 10 and 6. So, yes, I think Chris Long will be fine. Um, all right. Now, you we're talking Browns here a little bit and uh, or a lot. And um, before we go through, you ranked on Twitter, unironically, the best uh, Brown season since 1999. And – I like you just said about those Bengals fans in the bar. I couldn't help but feel sorry for you. Yeah, I don't know what got well, over me. What? Well, I don't know. I, A ranking of the best yeah. seasons, and odd seven is number one. The Derek Anderson year, ten and six, and would have made the playoffs <laughs> had the, had the, the Colts. Year. The Colts. Well, they only have two playoff. They only have one playoff appearance. So that let's start right there. Kelly Holcomb. 
that and that's that's the number two that 2002 season. That was an interesting team. People forget that Bruce Arians was their offensive coordinator with Butch Davis as head coach, and they had that, those Butch Davis teams. With that all ended in a massive disaster. He basically had a nervous breakdown, and Terry Rubisky took over in 2004, I believe. But they were a gritty team with some attitude. They were good. They. I remember thinking, all right, this team's uh, now. This is kind of. I remember actually feeling like this is going to be fun now. And it was Cleveland pre-Big got, Ben. I was happy know? for the Browns to get their team back or for yeah. Cleveland to get the, the name brand Browns back in the fold. Yeah. And they've now since doubled down on that in case you didn't know they were the Browns. Their pants, if you haven't noticed, says Browns on it. Yeah, that's uh, – you know, that's I wouldn't even move. say I wouldn't even say people are divided on uh, opinions on whether those are attracted to the eye. I tried very hard. It was al- almost like my reaction when Phantom Menace came out way back when. Oh, I th- really like this, and then you get away from it, and you think, "My God, mm. what has happened to our society?" I don't think there's any uh, worse thing you can say about uh, anything than to compare it to it. It compares to Phantom Menace. I'm just, you know, trying to fool myself that I like what I'm seeing, and I realize, wait a minute, my brain's starting to tell me different. They wear the Jar Jar Binks of pants, is what you're saying. Well, you said that, but I agree with you. <laughs> now, Ot seven, their greatest season. The Holcomb Mud Bowl in Hines was a great one. Chris Fuamatu Malfala scored a big touchdown. Tommy Maddox, that was the glorious Tommy Maddox uh, season. There, tell me this, Sessler. This is a game I like to play, and since you're a resident Browns fan, best Browns jersey to own. Give some advice here. Well, I stopped even thinking about buying Browns jerseys a long time ago because too, they've forced too many people to waste free money. Free agent, listen. Right. Jerseys cost a lot. Right. In the age of free agency, you want to make a sure bet. You know, so these are things that you didn't used to have to think about as much. No. So, all right, you don't just lie. Well, I'm just going to buy 20 and then I'll wear whichever one. <laughs> no, no, that's not the way it goes anymore. For that's me, the right one to get. Yeah, I mean, it's an easy answer for me because you know I'm not going to go Jim Brown because I didn't watch Jim Brown play. I have all the respect for him, but I grew up and fell in love with the team living on the East Coast of all places because of a couple players. But 19, you're Bernie Kosar, baby. I mean, also, you know, it's the last tangible quarterback they had. And I would wear it because I think that Bernie Kosar, the current incarnation of Bernie Kosar, is not uh, – he doesn't get a lot of respect. I think that people try to make fun of the guy. But people forget how special of a player he was for a two- to three-year three, three stretch. He was really a marvelous quarterback mm-hmm. and, and, and unusual. His throwing style, he was, he was very – he was completely immobile. Bill Riversy. He was very strange. I mean, I think as a Steelers fan, that's the last time when those, th- those teams, those offensives struck fear in, in, the, in the division. It was like you they were not an easy team to deal with, and Kozar was incredibly smart. Up there, in a way, with the Mannings of the Bradys, smart-wise back then, he could, he could analyze a defense better than anyone back then. In the last probably half century, you could probably say the 80s are the worst decade in so many ways. Music was, was – uh, I mean, you had – I mean, yeah. Is that the word? I grew up in it, but I – I did too. I could see it, yeah. Here's, here are the strikes against it. <laughs> 80s. Let me try to think. The number one si- – well, Cheers was on, and that's the best uh, – one of the three or four. Kind of the rise of the sitcom, the, like the big primetime lineup, the 80s, I think, right, on NBC when the you had Thursday Cosby. Thursday night lineup. Yeah. yeah, you're probably right. Well, that's – I was almost said Cosby, but – so Cosby is a strike against the 80s. Yes. But Cheers is a victory for the yeah, 80s. Yeah, sure. R.E.M. breaks in the 80s, so that's a positive. But overall, I'm going to say the music – 
as a, you know one big 10-year chunk is the worst we've heard. 60s, is there a decade that was worse? 60s, 70s now. 70s are underrated musically. Right. It's a, it's a grand era. Right. 90s, I guess it comes down to whether or not you like grunge music. But there are some, but that's the when indie bands rise up, and that's when Damashek's heart gets won over by yeah. that. I go from the Zeppelin era to you know in the the pay. I start when things start to fracture, and I become hip. Pay, I mean, what about the two thousands? Two thousands music, you say? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I, you're right. I see, but here's the thing. I I'll admit, got to be a hip hop guy, probably. And I and I'm not. And I'm also at the point where I'm not any guy because I don't buy or collect or seek out music at this point. I think we've talked about this. Where it's like, I you know, I had kids a couple years ago, and forget about it. Like it's not on. There's all these things. People are like, why don't you like the NBA? Why don't you like hockey? Why do you? It's it's not that. I don't have time for this nonsense. And like being an avid music collector right now, I wish I could, but I'm not. You know, so I stick with what I like back then. Well, yeah, I declared I think about five, six months ago, I've reached the station in my life where I feel like I'm roughly at the halfway point. I've collected <laughs> all the music I need to collect. Now the second half of my life is going to be spent listening to that music. There you go. I would. I don't. It's not keeping me vital to know what the kids are listening to. No. I don't need. What, what do I need that? I mean, they are. A, I they are to listen to. a few decades away from erecting a statue right. in your mold outside of our office here. So why do you need to be? Thank you. At the forefront of trends. Thank you. Um, another knock on the eighties. I'm trying to. Well, I'm thinking movies. You know, you did have the Terminator movies come out there. You had the second couple of Star Wars come out there, but I, I mean, you had Indiana Jones, you had ET. Yeah. It was, it, I think okay. that, like, okay. with it was the blockbuster it's becoming the, a thing. It's the rise of Spielberg, in other words, basically what we're talking about. Yeah, he dominates that decade. I've said this one before: no worse time to be a fella, a young fella, in his sexual prime, theoretically, you know, uh, physiologically at least, because '60s <laughs> everybody's a hippie, everybody's right. getting wet. 70s roll around, everybody's at the disco doing the schmutz and this and that and free love and and, uh, and bedding down with whoever they're dancing with uh, for two minutes. Then the 80s roll around, <laughs> and the plus comes around. And then it's all safe. Everybody's got to play it safe. Yeah. Now, we're in high school, and then we go into college, and everybody, all everybody wants to talk about is, hey, now, got to be safe. Got to know where your partner's been. Yeah. Not just to know, not enough to know where you've been which if, in my case was nowhere. That's why I knew I sure, was Sure, same here. Not a shred of business. That should have been a great – that should have been – you know, in, in in other words, I should have done better business based on that. I should have had a T-shirt, like, fresh. Completely clean. Yeah. Ready to roll. Never used before. Untouched, you know? <laughs> and, and, you know, so that was all bad. And then, you know, you get to the late 90s, everybody just picks up Nirvana. I don't know what, what caused it, but now you talk to kids in this generation – they're back to practicing free yeah. love. It skipped the. It skipped one generation. Ours. I think eighties. They, they stink. That's right. And in, ah. the, in the late eighties, it was you know that there was a fear movement, and we were we succumbed to it. We didn't know anything other than the danger being told to us. We didn't know anything about the sixties and all that stuff back then. And by the time you know you you get out of your prime years for that, I mean I don't think there is any end to prime years, but. Then you know, forget about it. At that point, oh, you know, my prime years. You've been replaced. Yeah, no, my prime years are long since over with. Let's open up these uh, football cards All here right. before we get to Derrick Henry. They were a gift to us from uh, Arjuna behind the glass. Why are we doing this again, Arjuna? Uh, I actually got them from Amar. 
downstairs. Amar, okay, I got and, a... Uh, I decided to give them to you guys. Thanks, I got an Emmett Smith. Actually, I should give them to my boys who will like it. A Richard Dent. Wait, are these all retro cards? No. Yeah, these Lu are from 1994. Oh, okay, yeah. Lewis Oliver, James Francis, Mike Brim. These are all Bengals. Why do I want Alfred Williams? Derek Fenner. Well done. What kind of... <laughs> this is my punishment. Jake Reed. All right, now we're getting into some uh, Vikes here. Warren Moon. The great Dwayne Washington. Irv Smith. All right, there we the, go. I Any? open up with Deion Sanders, so Ooh. that's that's promising. But I'm with you. I My pack contains seven or eight nameless uh, Packers and uh, a handful of underwhelming Raiders players. Um, Greg Beekert. I like Greg Beekert back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Football cards, everybody. You Fun want these, thing. Arjuna? You want to claim any? No, they're all yours. Arjuna, uh, let's get to uh, to the interview that we did a little while ago. It's time for us to kibitz with Heisman Trophy winner, Derrick Henry. Dave. Dave. Hey, look who it is, everybody. It's uh, from the University of Alabama, your 2015 Heisman Trophy winner and soon to be a star in the National Football League. Derrick Henry, what's the poop, fella? How much? Glad thanks, to be here, man. Thanks for dressing up. You really look good. Although I feel a little bit bad because I'm underdressed compared to you. I think you are. You think so? Yeah. You know, it'd be weird if you wore this shirt. That would be a fashion no-no. Oh yeah, I don't think I can fit me. Yeah, it's too much. It's too. It's too much gray tweed <laughs> or whatever you would call that. Hey, um, so like I mentioned, congratulations on winning that Heisman Trophy. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's a cool pose, obviously. If there is one day, let's say a half century from now, Derrick Henry is so great, his football deeds, that they name a trophy after you, what will that pose look like? Dang, I don't even Probably cross arms. Really? Cross arms, yeah. Why? Like holding on to the pigskin so no one can rip it away or a no, defiant just cross pose? Arms. This is a, a defiant. I, I think this is the most comfortable thing I like to do. And this doing video shoots or photo shoots or something like that. I love doing that. <laughs> A little like Superman, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, a, yeah, did you see Batman versus Superman? I actually watched that like a couple days ago. Yeah? Review? It, that was kind of too long. Too long. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't really get like, I don't know, but just the way it started and the concept of it, I didn't really, I was like, it was like so different from... The, the the individual movies, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I didn't see it and uh, probably won't based on reviews like the one that you just gave there. But uh, who who were you rooting for walking in? Um, You know, I didn't really, I didn't really root for either one. I grew up a Hulk. I love the Hulk. A Hulk? Yeah. Really? So, Why so? Just, I love big and strong. You're and, bigger than everybody, probably all your classmates no, growing no, up, I right? Just, I don't know, I just always, always love the Hulk, but, you know, but. Superman and Batman, they're both great, but it's a movie that's kind of, I don't know. Who would win in a fight, Superman and Hulk? Both are indestructible, after all. I don't know. I don't know. If Hulk get a hold of you, then it's over with. It's true, and he's green. Yeah, so it's... He could be, like, maybe even made a kryptonite, for all we know. We don't <laughs> know, really. <laughs> I say, just for the record, Superman would win that fight because he's very smart. And he would just take the Hulk and fly him out into deep space and then just leave him there. You know, what are you going to do then, Hulk? You don't know your way back to Earth, so you're stuck, man. Live out in space for the rest of the time. But he, he has to do that first. He has to be able to do that because it's kind of hard to mm -hmm. just grab the Hulk and just put, take him somewhere out of space without him going crazy. 
or trying to escape or something. Like and that. that's the premise of Derrick Henry playing football. You got to catch me and get and, and got to be able to hold on to me before you can do whatever you want with me. Yeah, man, that's the mentality you got to have. Yeah, like the Hulk. I hear you. Yeah. Uh, why number two? Um, you know, um, number two, because I play two. I play football for two reasons: God and my family. Hmm. So that's the reason why I wear number two. I like that. Yeah. What uh, obviously you're not going to be able to wear two yeah. in the NFL. So what are we thinking about? Let's work this out right now. Let's yeah. come up with something really good. Well, I, I really, I have a really good reason. Um, this past year and uh, this past year, this football season, one of my uh, close friends who played at University of Alabama and transferred to two other schools passed away, and me, me and him were really good, really close friends. And I met him in 2011 from combines and us going to high school, competing against each other. And we ended up going to Alabama together. And uh, I remember talking to him one day in practice, and I was like, "What, what, what number would you get if you um, if you made it to the NFL? Or when you make it to the NFL?" And he wore 28 in uh, at Alabama, but in high school he wore 22. And he was like, "I'll probably go back to 22." So if I do, I wear 22. Boy, I love that story, man. Yeah. So you would be honoring your friend for the entirety of your NFL career. Yeah, I'll take two pennies. So yeah. Boy, that's pretty cool. All right, I that uh, I had some thoughts here, but uh, but that story trumps any of those. What about, you mentioned Alabama, and it occurs to me that obviously, you know, the football team, what kind of detergent do they use on the football uniforms? I do not know. You don't know? I couldn't tell Doesn't you. Doesn't it have to be tied? <laughs> you would think so, but I'm not sure, you know. I never I never really asked. As long as the jersey's there, then I'm fine. I'd be surprised if you go around all of Tuscaloosa and they sell detergent, any other detergent, Besides Tide, right? It would be inappropriate. That's pretty funny because I usually see uh, people using Tide whenever they try to say Road Tide, mm-hmm. but I don't really think. I mean, it's Tide, but I don't think. Well, don't what do you think? Bo Jackson and everybody, and Cam Newton, everybody else from Auburn's up putting Tide on their clothes? That seems like a sacrilege for them. I think uh, they were Tide to help them, so I, th- I think they, they probably do use that. Now, whisk. They got it or something like that, you know? <laughs> um, what was – do? let's do a little recreation here, a little impression or whatever. Okay. Show me Derrick Henry the first time in the Alabama locker room you saw A.J. McCarron shirtless. What was your reaction to seeing him? Because it's incongruous that he has all those tats on him like that. I wouldn't have expected – show me your reaction. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> cred in a way is that that's the reaction I'm getting off you. Wow, AJ McCarron, you got more cred than I than I otherwise would have given you. Yeah, that's, that's what's up. That's what's up. I'm pretty impressed. Yeah, and it's growing too. It's yeah. always, by the time he retires, if he makes it like 10, 15 years, he's going to be head to toe tatted, right? Yeah, it probably probably will be. Yeah, but I was like, okay, when I seen him. All right, a couple of questions as we go into this uh, as we go into this draft. First of all, who do you hug first after they uh, call you and tell you that you got drafted? Uh, I might have a group hug. Mm-hmm. I'm not, Everybody. I, yeah, I'm gonna hug a lot of people. Can I can I ask a favor of you? Yeah, what's up? Don't bring the agent into it. Because okay. I think it's a weird message that you're hugging the, like, you know, it's like you know, make it the family, then the separate yeah, one with yeah, the exactly. agent. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean. Little little uh, hypothetical here. Let's say one of your new teammates tells you that he is dating on the side from his main girlfriend, who is a rapper in Australia. What do you do? Do you do you put that on videotape and <laughs> then you, send it around, or why no? you do it like that? Why you do it like that? You know, 
I feel bad. I feel bad for that for that situation. But if that was me, I would never do nothing like that. You don't do it. Correct yeah, answer. You, you, you never do nothing like that. You got that right. Yeah. All right, now let's go into, and we've been doing this with all the guys who've been coming around here who are about to be drafted. We've been going through the Bernard Pivo questionnaire. It's supposed to suss out your soul, you know, what you're really deep down about. And yeah. uh, the first question on that is, what's your favorite word? My favorite word? Uh... Greatness. Greatness. Okay. Yeah. I like that. What is your least favorite word? Mm. I think. I gotta think. How about War Eagle? Uh, that might, that might be one, yeah. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, pretty good one. Yeah. Don't you think so? Yeah. What are you gonna do, by the way? Side note, the hair is iconic. I when I think of Derrick Henry, I think of you being the biggest guy on the field with that hair coming out and yeah. uh, the the foes struggling to try and bring you down as you run away from them. Are you concerned about – are you going to keep it into the NFL? Yes, I'm going to keep it. Yeah. What if – has anybody tried to tackle you by it yet or will you be angry if anybody does try to tackle you by it? Uh, actually, someone tried to do it during the championship game, but it didn't work. But I usually keep mine, like, in a bun, so it's not, like, hanging down. It's, it's can, like, hard to get. Pull, yeah, hold it down. So if I do anything, I just keep it in the bun and the ponytail so it's not able to, like, really really get a grip of it. I say to everybody, wear your hair how you want to wear it. Exactly. But you don't get to complain if somebody tackles yeah, you right. by it. Exactly, you're right. You're Larry right. Fitzgerald signed off on that as well. Yeah. You know, he's he's in on that. Troy Palomalu, they all were – they said it's cool. I mean, it's yeah, a it part is. of the field. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it won't feel great, but, I mean – if you're going to do it, I mean, it has to be. Yeah. I mean, it has to be That's right. That's yeah. the deal you've made with yourself exactly. with the man in the mirror. And I've, seen, uh, I've seen people get tackled by their hair, and they don't look you know, too good. <laughs> doesn't look like, it, uh, mm-hmm. like it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. I, asked, I asked James Jones, of uh, you know, formerly of the Packers, about that. He wore the hoodie. Mm-hmm. He said, no, no, no. You just need a tearaway one. That's what would uh, be a nice little trick. He did wear the hoodie. That's how I, was, I, was, I remember I was watching that uh, at my house. I was like, do you have a hoodie on? Yeah. And I was like, that's crazy. Here's what I have an idea. He said tearaway hoodie. And that's a good idea. What if you had a hair extension in there and it would dangle and then a defender would try to tackle you by it and then it would tear away and, like, a clump of hair would be left there. You'd be running for a touchdown. It's like a good gamesmanship thing. I don't think there's any rule against you wearing a hair yeah. extension in there. I mean, if that did happen, I'd be like, can I get that back when well, I score, you know? It's <laughs> a, a good point, yeah. If it, you don't want to spend too much money on the hair extension <laughs> for fear that the guy might want to keep it and sell it on eBay. All right, back to our questionnaire. What turns you on? What turns me on? Yeah. Um, women? Yeah, well, that's okay. That's a, a fairly obvious I mean, what, answer. I mean, that's like, good. If, with, with sports, you know, I just, just hard work. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? If I see somebody with, like working hard, I just want to be a, a part of it. You know, it's just something that... That, that drives me, you know. I'm, I'm just hard work, man. I feel like that takes you a long way. Uh, what sound do you love? What sound do I love? Um, the sound I'm hitting. Football helmets going together. I See, for me, if I were you, I, my favorite uh, sound would be, and the Heisman Trophy goes to... Derrick Henry, Alabama. That would be. I would just like play that in my car. Anybody gets into my car? Oh, did did I? Am I playing the announcement of me winning the Heisman Trophy again? Oh yeah. Right there. That's 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 a dream come true. But with that with that sound, you gotta just, you gotta stay humble. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's the next chapter in your life. I wouldn't. I, them, but I, I would just that would be like that yeah, would be I, what I would talk yeah. about all. I would work it into every conversation. Uh, I might even make the Heisman a hood ornament. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that yeah, I won that. Yeah. You know I mean? I, Not you. I have the trophy that's good enough, so I can just look at that whenever I want to. So I like this, Derek Henry. You're a delightful fellow. I wish you all the best. Most importantly, good health and enjoy the uh, the draft process and all that comes with it. And uh brighter days lay ahead for the upcoming number twenty-two, Derek Henry. Appreciate it. Thank you. See you. I'm doing the Derek Henry pose. You listen to Dave You listen to Dave All right, Sessler. Do you agree with me that it it would be weird if I mean not just on the campus of Bama, but I would be actually not even just in Tuscaloosa city limits. I would think the whole state of Alabama, save Auburn, would only use Tide as a detergent, right? Wouldn't it be? Isn't it disrespectful to use a different detergent? If you're a Bama fan, can yeah. you imagine it? The trainers like, "Hey, great game, guys! Boy, it was muddy out there. Give me these clothes so I can wash them up, and then putting whisk on it." No, it'd be like t- very dangerously tone deaf to not see why that's an absolute. You've got to go product wise with Tide. Yeah, yeah. Please, so, I hope Derrick Henry didn't know the answer as you heard there, but. Uh, <laughs> you know. I hope they're doing the right thing down uh, Tuscaloosa way. Um, All right, listen, Mark Sessler, what a pleasure to have you back in 66. It's been some time since you've – well, I know you're in here thrice weekly with your pals from around the NFL. Make sure you check out that Gangbusters podcast and all the breaking news. Free agency continues. The signings, you never know who's signing where and when. Sessler and his pals are keeping you abreast of all those things. Then we'll gather in Chicago, Illinois in about three and a half, four weeks – and uh, and uh, we'll trip the light. Fantastic. The time will be gay and young men will become multimillionaires. And uh, and that's going to be fun to be there. Are you going? You're going. To oh, I'm going. Oh, I'm going. Oh, they're not sending me. So you tell me. Uh, is that true? Well, I you know, from a coverage angle, the draft is not one where you need seven people sitting in there just watching them put hats on. Yeah. But what about good times? What about well, that? That's where my beef comes in. Send me on the road. Allow me to, you know, rack up massive bills in bars, taverns, and restaurants that are saying no to that. You get a break, you know, if the weather breaks right oh. for you in Chicago, you're right around late spring generally, having lived there for a decade. When you're talking, you know, late April, it could very well be 42 and drizzly there. But if things, if you get lucky with it, there's no better place to be. You and Kevin Patra, I want you to go to his apartment and give us a full read on what's happening there. We're concerned. You're around the NFL or based in Chicago. That's right. I'm going to be tripping the light fantastic with some old chums out there. I would like to go to a Cubs game, in fact. I'd like to go with Chicago Bears lineman uh, Kyle Long. I've put in a, a call to him to see if we can do that. That'd be great. Wouldn't that be great. Go I think to Wrigley. Would, why not? He should say yes to that. There, the, the people here say, "Oh no, no, we're gonna our our big guys, our stars are gonna take batting practice." I said, "I don't want. I don't need the the velvet rope treatment. I want to sit out in the bleachers and and have a few old styles." Yeah, you figured it out. Yeah, I'm a man of the people, and I <laughs> and I suspect Kyle Long is as well. I think so. You guys would be two peas in a pod. All right, Arjuna. You'll be missed. Another Gangbusters member of uh, of the Czech Republic of NFL media. You uh, have helped make this uh, crummy show a little bit better, a little more palatable. We'll look forward to seeing you in five months. I'll Just, be back. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. You're kind of unhirable. What? If, hey, so well, let's let me take a look at this resume, there, young man. Arjuna, <laughs> Arjuna, Dave Damesheck, Dame uh, Damesheck, Damesheck. Oh, I've heard, Dave I've Dameshek. heard, uh, I've heard about that show. Um, 
We'll let you know, Arjuna. I like the assumption that you're putting this that on your resume. <laughs> Smart right? move. Yeah, skip that entirely. It's gonna. It it, it only can uh, hurt you in uh, in job interviews. All right. Happy trails to you, Arjuna. We'll be back at the start of next week to help keep getting you ready for the draft and all that's going on in pro football and beyond. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.